0: Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm delighted to be joined today by Marisol Vienna, who is the product manager for the inclusive metaverse at Accenture for their internal metaverse. Marisol and I were on a panel together at M Enabling and when I heard about what she was doing, I thought it would be a uh, great topic for Access Chat. So so welcome Marisol. Can you tell us a, a little bit about yourself and how you came to be Firstly, working on accessibility and inclusion, and then secondly, how that work transitioned into doing it in the metaverse.
1: Sure. Thank you very much for inviting me. I am happy and excited to be here with all of you, especially during the official celebrations of the International Day of People with Disabilities during this early December. My name is Marisol Villena. I am the product manager, as Neil has mentioned, in the inclusive MetaRest product in our internal implementation of Accenture uh, XR called the Nth floor But first of all, I would like to introduce myself. I am a Latino woman, dressing informally to this uh, presentation. I am wearing a fuchsia colored uh, shirt and attending from my office uh, home. I am based in Spain, and I have curly gray hair, and I feel very proud of it, as it empowers me to feel proud of who I am and make it visible to everyone. Just for your information, it has not been easy for me to be here with you, uh, comfortable with it. So the team that I am representing today is Inclusive Metaverse, and is a team that has been created with the goal of ensuring that accessibility, equitable, and inclusive experiences are at the core of what we deliver in the enterprise metaverse, now that we have started to build for enterprise at scale but I know, Neil, that you have first asked me about some of my background. Yes, so let please. me get started with what I, how I got started in the accessibility industry here at Accenture, okay? So I started by curiosity, honestly, okay? So I have been here in Accenture for 22 years now, and it's it's easy for me to do that calculation because we are in the year 2022, So I started on the year 2000, right? (laughs) So just to give you some background, Accenture is a consulting company with just shy of 800 K of employees across the globe. I belong to the global IT team. And we are like the incubators of what we do here for what we are going to be able to share with our clients. Okay, so those success stories are the ones that then are being referenced as part of some of the client conversations. So in my previous experience here at Accenture, I have been executing different roles on some of these implementations that I have just mentioned. Some of them for some of the platforms that we have available in the market and executing different roles. The the thing that we have probably all in common is that they are very large implementations, similar with enterprise at scale in some of the areas like uh, finance of a, or HR. So, and I am coming from the Accessibility Center of Excellence. It was created several years ago here at Accenture with the goal of defining the processes that need to be followed in order to, that our internal IT can be used by everyone at, at Center and creating a lasting culture of digital inclusion. But before it was created, there were some initial white papers, on how to build this accessibility center of excellence. And I was part of some of the meetings where these white papers were shared. And that's the reason why I said that I got started by curiosity because I as I was curious to understand a little bit more about it uh, as part of the, the work that we will be doing during uh, Global IT. But then when I start to learn and understand the impact of the what we were able to achieve and what we were not able to achieve if we don't do accessibility in the work that we do. This was like something that makes me think about that this is part of the career goal that I would like to continue to grow. And that this is how I got started, even before the accessibility center got started. But then when this center got started uh, and was created, I was Super happy to be part of it because we were able to create a broader impact, right? So instead of only impacting the role that I was executing by that time on giving some accessibility guidelines, I was able to expand the role to have a broader impact and do it not only at the global IT level, which is the team that I am coming from, but also even broader because as you know, accessibility is just more than IT related stuff. It's like change of a behavior that impacts the whole company and the organization, right? So we are also talking with a HR folks, marketing folks, on how we are incorporating accessibility practices in the world that they do. So that's the reason why I, I feel super proud of bringing uh, being coming from the Accessibility Center of Excellence, which is gave me all these background that uh, helped me uh, be where I am today, which is the enterprise metaverse, right? The uh, building the inclusive metaverse now that is getting started, right? So the meta, uh, the metaverse technology is very new to all of us. I need to admit that even if it's, it's new to all of us, we have uh, the gamers community who has been able to achieve a lot on accessibility practices that we have been able to learn and adapt to the work that we are now doing to the metaverse in order for us to be able to create an accessible metaverse that everyone can be part of it and we don't leave anyone behind.
2: Um, Marisol, welcome to the program. And I'm going to do the same thing you did, just because we're celebrating International Day of Persons with Disabilities. So I'm going to do a visual description. I am a mature woman that has gray and purple hair, and I'm wearing brown glasses today and gray and blue. And welcome, welcome to the program. I have, first of all, I have a quick question, and then I have a bigger, a, a, a harder, well, not a harder question, a longer question. My first question would be, first of all, we appreciate the efforts that accessibility have done throughout the world supporting our community. Uh, but we you talked about what they're do what you're doing from the digital perspective and you mentioned the cultural and the organizational aspects that are so important. I was just curious if also that accessibility center was considering the built barriers because accessibility, as you said, it's a big word. So we need to make sure that is considered as well, and not only digital, but it might be that's done at a different place, and this is more of a digital um, you know, group. So I just wanted to ask you that, and then I have another
1: question. Sure, yes, the way we are approaching accessibility as a whole, because I agree with you, accessibility probably is just one word that encapsulates yeah. a lot of different things. We, we, are, uh, we are talking about digital aspects. We have also, I and mean, in the digital aspects, I need to admit that also we have the software and the hardware. <laughs> which are two different things, right? And we are uh, also having internal teams who are managing that uh, work because we have a specialist in accessibility software. We have a specialist in accessibility hardware. We have a a specialist on accessibility accommodation, right? Which are the people that ensure that also we provide solutions that are tailored for everyone's needs depending on the combination or the experience that they may fall on the combination of a physical space, how we are going to adapt that physical space to in order for, be able to achieve what we are need for that specific person, on, and not only the physical space, but also the combination of software, hardware, and in the software side, not only the creation of an application, but also how we are tailoring the content. And in the content side, it's not only about how we are making the content, but also how we are writing the content, right? So I, I agree with you that one word, accessibility covers a lot of different things.
2: And I know you're covering it all, so that I, I just wanted you to say that. But I also want to say uh, I, I've been involved in the metaverse as well, and uh, we've been working on a project and uh, trying to make it accessible. And I, I know that a lot of people are saying the metaverse is new, but I, I just don't agree with that it is new. I think the metaverse is a continuation of the Internet, But I re- and I really agree with what you're saying. The gamers have figured out how to include people. They've figured out how to make these things accessible. So I also agree with you. We learn the most right now from the gamers. I still think it's a continuation of the internet. People are getting freaked out that it's something new. Well, we're packaging that. I, in my opinion, I think the world is packaging that it's new, but I believe it's a continuation of the internet. And I had somebody asking me on a, I did a, an event yesterday and somebody was saying, well, what about these digital twins? And it's like, okay we're talking about avatars and it's okay. Calm down. It's so I, I, I just want to say that some people are freaked out that this is all brand new and we're going to completely redo. And and I think it's a continuation. So I say that often just to calm people down that. um, But I so agree with you about the gaming aspect of it, because those people have really figured out how to do this in a virtual world. So that's why we had Ian Hamilton on a couple of weeks ago, because we're just so impressed with him. But, how? Is it, what are you finding? Are you finding that your customers are freaked out about the metaverse, like so many people are? And can y'all, yeah? How do you, yeah? How do you navigate these intense times?
1: Yeah, I need to admit that probably the things that are probably more the, that are considered more new is how we use these uh, virtual spaces in a uh, enterprise uh, way. Yeah. So yeah. that is probably the aspect that I feel that sometimes the people is like being a little bit more like shocked, right? Yes. By the fact that am I going to be in a meeting now with my avatar? Yes. Bye, <laughs> or bye, bye, if bye. you feel comfortable, you can. If you don't feel comfortable, you do not need to do so, right? So you need to uh, uh, leverage the what the is having available for you, right? That can allow you to express yourself in the best way that you would like to be expressed. And because the objective of you being here with us and collaborating in this environment is we want, we want to I'm not sure how to say this in English. My apologies because I, I always make a reference. We need to uh, ha, uh, we need to make you show from what you have really inside your inner uh, soul, right? In a meeting and be the best version that you have. And if that best version is in the way of an avatar, let's go for that. If for if you for you is not in the same way let's use the traditional one because that, we know that also accessibility is about giving options to the people, right? So also uh, we want to give them options to the people to express themselves in the way that they will be able to thrive. Uh,
3: um, and uh, re- re- reflecting uh, uh, somehow also in some of the words that have been said uh, in relation to what is new, what what is old. Uh, in 2009, there was a paper from Gartner that says, no, uh, uh, that estimated, uh, this is a document from 2009, that estimated that by 2012, 80% of the active internet users, including Fortune 500, will have a second life or form of 3D world environment. Obviously, it didn't happen. So uh, what can we learn from these implementations? Uh, and to prospect in the future to make sure that we're actually able to create environments and build solutions in the metaverse that people really want, uh, and not just distracting them or creating boring places that actually nobody sees any reason to be there.
1: Yeah, I need to admit that. Also, I we have been reading some reference about uh, what are the probably the things that we need to consider for a metaverse. Environment, right? So we have seen that uh, immerse, an immersive learning experience it has a better a, a way to really a, accept the concept or learn about what's going on because you learn not only by reading it or in in the traditional learning spaces we do here is uh, we do a lot of learning by reading or by being in a meeting. So this is more like about active training, right? How to learn to build something is really is if you're really building it. I think that has a more powerful advantage of how we are going to be... We should be using the metaverse more like, for example, for a place where we are going to be learning, we are going to collaborate in a different way instead of being here, all of us in our different locations, which is good, but instead of being like far away from each other, being closer, right? In this case, uh, with the, in these environments where we will be able to collaborate together. So it's more like... Uh, environments where we can collaborate and also learn in a more uh, effective way.
2: And also, uh, I'm jumping in here real quick, but you also are allowing more people to participate as well. So that drives inclusion. Sorry, Antonio, I just wanted to point that out too.
1: Yeah.
0: So one of the things with Second Life, and, and, and I know it didn't Ever reach the the sort of volume of participants that were projected at the time, and and lots of technology goes through hype cycles, but but one of the things that did happen was that there were um, people that built real businesses and economies within that 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 um, platform, and in fact, even today, um, there are six hundred million dollars worth of transactions going on in that environment, you know, a couple of decades on. So um, so, so that, that tells you that th- there is real value that can be created in virtual environments. At the same time, we, we can see that a lot of people don't want to spend the entirety of their time immersed in, in virtual worlds. Uh, so... Like 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 you said, Marisol, it 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 really depends on how you're going to extract value from it. I have some concerns about um, the cognitive load that that some of these avatars are going to place on people, um, because having experienced it um, and and um, watched where the avatars are almost good enough. Um, to be realistic, and and what what's happening is that they've got sort of facial recognition going on and gesture recognition going on, and, and the avatars are mimicking the uh, the user, but they're not quite there yet. You get into this this sort of zone of uncanny valley where your brain is is sort of trying to work out what the signals mean and trying to determine whether or not the you know the avatar is happy or sad and the person behind it is um really annoyed with you or whether there's just some kind of lack and i I experienced this actually with antonio who was playing around with it about 18 months ago and after about five minutes my 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 brain just went into a a funk and i couldn't do anything more i had to tell him to turn it off because I was not able to sort of process anything. I, I, I literally, my, my brain shut down.
1: Yeah, no, well, I agree
0: with we, you. How can we, Yeah, what are the sort of things that you're looking at to, to sort of to counter that? Because, you know, the last thing we want is a, a new platform that renders us ineffective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what we have learned, first of all, I need to thank also the, the gaming community again because we have learned a lot about the gaming accessibility standards. There are some uh, public information available about guidelines uh, in XR that they are following for game that, of course, they are super applicable with, for what is happening here in the metaverse. And some guidance are, uh, applies to what you have just mentioned about the cognitive overload right uh, the way we are presenting information the way we are simplifying how we are presenting information right in some cases you need to be very very tailored experience on how the settings are going to be used right so then you can have the a super uh, complex uh, world or or map to a person that probably accepts that type of experience and you can also simplify that view for a, a person that probably prefers A setting where uh, only the most important things that are related with what I'm supposed to be doing there are going to be presented. So that we don't present more than what uh, a a person can process. So there are very uh, good uh, reference to the guidelines that we have, as I mentioned before, in the gaming experience that are super helpful in order for us to determine how we are going to adapt this. For a metaverse experience, where we can, as I mentioned before, in the case of the cognitive overload, for example, we can simplify the views and settings, and this also can be applic- applicable to other uh, to other uh, areas, like for example, the, the use of sounds. Right? We we know that in the gaming experience, we can have multiple sounds happening all 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 around, right? And that can be the case with some decorative sound that you may have for hearing some background and things like that. And also the, applica- the platforms that we are using here should be able to also leverage those uh, settings in order for us to have like be- uh, simplified views that can be adjusted in, this, in the case of the cognitive or the sounds, or y- even the in the case of the visual uh, things that we have all over these environments. So then the person can adjust their settings depending on their needs.
0: Excellent, so uh, thank you for that and I think that the the giving the user the choice of how they consume that information is is as important as giving the individual the choice of representation um, I know that that Microsoft amongst others, have done some work on creating representative avatars is is that also an area that you're looking at in terms of allowing people to you know choose and create avatars and representations of themselves that, um, that not only reflect their their curly grey hair, but maybe their disability as well? Or uh, And are there, for example, corporate guidelines? Because obviously corporate world is different from gaming world. You know, second life, you could end up with wings and a tail. <laughs> and a of things. You know, are you going to turn up? Uh, for meetings, you know, in your Roman armor, like Elon Musk at the moment, <laughs> and his uh, and his avatar on Twitter, or 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 you know, are avatars constrained to a certain extent to to be a little bit more professional?
1: Yeah, thank you very much for that question. Because yes, I know that avat- the the avatar. A creation and the a possibility that we have in avatar creation is also a very huge topic that we uh, normally discuss about. Because, again, going back to the reference about accessibility be uh, being a place where we are offering options to the people, right? We must need to be able to give option to a person that want to represent themselves like they see themselves in the real life. So that is an option that we need to give to everyone. Right. So, if you in your real life want to be represented as a person who is who is in a wheelchair, do it. Let's go for that. But if you're a person that prefers to be represented your, uh, yourself in this environment without that chair or in a different way with a different color uh, uh, of the skin, I I I need to admit that I did some testing by. Being a blue avatar, uh, I just wanted to to see how how it feels to be to be blue for 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 a moment, right? And and that is also an option that we would like to give. At this stage, we are uh, more in the assessment stage. To I need to admit that also we are working here very very strongly with our ERGs, employee resource groups, right? This is the same model that we have been following. Uh, where where I, where I am coming back from the accessibility center of excellence, where we need to also. Uh, use the most effective ways to connect with the real audience on so on co-creating solutions so in this case co-creating the feedback or the information that we may need to give in order for us to be providing real feedback on how we consider that the avatar should be created so in this case we are leveraging our ERG connections our employee resources group to understand not only from the disability communities but also for from, uh, from every community that we may have here at Accenture any every ERG is giving the voice on how they feel need to be represented in the environment, so in this case in the metaverse, so then we can work with our partners and vendors on, pro- on giving that feedback back to them, so we can uh, also work on the background on providing those solutions and going back to the ERGs for previewing and, and getting additional feedback from them.
2: Um, Marisol, uh, I love that you're working with your ERGs, your employee resource groups. That's wonderful and and very smart of y'all to do that. I also um to me these conversations really are digging into identity and belonging. And so I remember um we had a guest on, I don't know, a couple of months ago, his name is Bruno, and he is um a person that has cerebral palsy, and he also is building the metaverse and the avatars and you know in um in Portugal. And I was worried. uh, I I deal a lot with identity with Billion Strong, our nonprofit that we have. But I was worried a little bit about identity. And I thought, well, maybe what um, people with um, lived experiences with disabilities, especially younger people, um, they will always choose avatars that maybe don't represent that they have a disability. And so I was just questioning him as a gamer. And did he think, and I was just curious what he thought about that. And he told me that when he was a young man, like maybe 13, 14 years old, he did not want to his avatar to be in a wheelchair. He didn't. He wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be able to do what everybody else was doing. But as he grew older, and he's, he's still very young, but as he started getting into his late teens and early 20s, he started feeling like he really wanted to be in the wheelchair because he wanted to show who he really was. And so he was counseling me as a young gamer to remember to let people have the, you know, to do what they want to do. So what you're doing, which I like, is you're giving them all these options. And then as they figure out who their identity is and their belonging and it shifts and changes, I think it can do so much more. But I was just curious, are y'all having any of those kind of identity conversations as you're figuring it out?
1: Yeah, yeah. I need to admit that, yes, as we are connected with the ERG uh, communities, especially, and as I mentioned, we related more with inclusion and diversity uh, in general, right? Uh, I feel that these are the conversations that normally appear in which we have a group of people, right, that is very, as you can say, probably very visible in what they are aiming to achieve here, right? Very, uh, very aiming to achieve, uh, also being very visible in what they how they feel about their disability, right? And we have ex- uh, we have received a, lot, a tons of feedback of people that uh, is interested in having, if there is a cochlear implant uh, avatar, I would like to have it with my cochlear implant uh, in my avatar because I would like to make everyone visible that I use a cochlear implant as an example, right? Of a wheelchair, because I am in a wheelchair. But also we have some other cases, as I mentioned before, I- I am talking in general here in the inclusion and diversity spectrum, in which I would like to uh, choose something different, and also we need to be able to give that option. So I need to admit that we have seen both cases and probably similar with what we have in any other place, right? We may have uh, similar choices to give, and we need to allow them to be what they want to be.
3: So, uh, so co- considering uh that we are moving in a direction that people can feel uh, represented by the avatars where somehow the avatars are able to represent their own selves. How can we use this technology to educate, to to mentor and and to to somehow make people more aware of of others who might have a disability and their needs? How can we somehow make this a, 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 a way that we can do more advocacy in terms of uh, uh, inclusion at the workplace?
1: That is a very good question also. I mean, and this has been probably not, uh, not it's not a new question either, <laughs> right? In the terms of uh, we have been working with uh, with having role models, right? Uh, in order for us to be uh, not afraid to show you in the way you are, because in some cases, there is a gap on, on representation, right? Uh, and sometimes that is causing as to uh, do not uh, have enough representation and not being able to have the people uh, preventing that from the stigma that might be associated with the fact that if I show myself in the way that I am I am today, right? So there is an effort that we are working with, uh, in this case with our HR partners, right here at Accenture with our inclusion and diversity uh, partners, in order for us to, uh, and also, with the GRGs, I need to admit, right, to make more visible about the different the diversity of the role models that we have here at Accenture and allow the people also to know about the, the diversity that we have in that place so then the people can feel more comfortable on disclosing uh, their, uh, their real situation that will help them, as I mentioned before, having better more open conversations, right? Because in some cases, uh, but this is more like a run, probably it's more like a marathon, right? Because as I mentioned before, it's like something that we need to work uh, in more phases in order to ensure that these conversations are happening and eventually as time comes with the help of the ERDs, with the work that we are doing with them, also we can start having seen some efforts and, and progress on that area.
3: So uh, and, uh, following on that, do you see that then there will be a kind of a process of co-creation between the designers and the individuals with disabilities to make sure that there's a match uh, and that the, the person is really, really represented and is not just a designer that does something that they might feel, oh, this will represent uh, a, a, a hearing impaired person uh, without asking the impaired person if that avatar really represents the person.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember that there were some comments of, of an international day of people with disabilities that probably a theme that probably was two years ago or so I need to go back to the internet because I don't remember it very much, which which was the theme that I, I still use. It is nothing for us without us, right? So I still make that a uh, theme very, very... Uh, how to say that in English, Uh, my apologies, Uh, very uh, new, right? Not new, but now, right? Because this is still what we are doing here, right? I I don't want to create for someone, I want to create with someone, right? So in this case, we need to also allow our teams to be diverse. So in in, in the work that we are doing, for this inclusive metaverse, as well as all the things that we do here at Accenture, in order to ensure that not only we have the channels of communication with the ERGs, but also that we have diverse teams inside our own teams, right? In order to ensure that our conceptualizations and our all the things that we do here, even before we go to the ERGs, are including that diverse perspective, that diverse point of view, that is also going to be able to provide us with better solutions that are uh, are beneficial to everyone. Mirasol,
2: can I can I ask a quick question? And first of all, you are amazing. You you're just letting us shoot you with questions, and you're doing such a fabulous job. So I wanted to say that. But also, I I love what you're doing. I think it's fabulous. I give you nothing but praise and kudos. I do have a couple of questions, though, about, I think it's wonderful that you're using your ERGs, but what I would worry about with that is there are certain parts of our community that aren't going to be working for Accenture. Just the realists, you know, for example, my daughter with Down syndrome, you probably are not. So I would worry that in doing that, which is wonderful, and please do all of that, that you might accidentally be leaving out some groups that just They are not working in our workforce for a lot of different reasons. Um, People with, um, you know, anyway, I I think you understand what I'm saying. Now, I think you can capture some of that with your ERGs because you, I'm sure, have parents that are going to be able to provide you with lived experiences. But I was just curious, how are you... Making sure that you hear the voice of, um, I I guess I should say, the more severe disabilities or the people that have multiple disabilities. um, How how do you make sure they're heard? Because we often find that they are all completely excluded. And and not by Accenture. I mean, once again, we're praising y'all for everything you're doing. I know we're throwing a lot of hard questions at you, but you're doing a great job answering them. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, but, I, I, but thank you very much for that question, because that uh, I am also going back to the the research approach that we're taking here, <laughs> okay? Uh, because we are also doing some type of research, because I, I agree with you. Probably we have the feedback of the people that is super active on giving feedback. But what about the feedback of the people that is not super active on giving feedback? What of, about the feedback of the people that is not... Uh, in the metaverse, right? How we are going to capture the feedback, I call it the haters. I don't know if that is a correct word to use here, right? But the, uh, we also need we need to know what, what is happening with the people that is inside, what is happening to the people that is outside. But also, as you have said, we also are having the spectrum here of Accenture. But also we have the spectrum of outside Accenture, not only for the people that is currently in the workforce today, and not in Accenture, but also for the people that is not yet in the workforce because they are probably younger, <laughs> right? The, and they are going to be in the workforce, but in some years, right? So we also have to open our research approach in order to ensure that we don't only include the easy <laughs> component of it, which is RGs, people that, who is very uh, uh, vocal and active, but also why you are not in the metaverse. What are the barriers that you may have that may prevent you being in the metaverse In some cases, it's some type of education, right? So then, okay, let me work on my education program in order to ensure that we don't see that the metaverse is something super complex for a person to learn, or let me simplify my learning assets in order to give that, I am just giving an example here, right? That gives me the opportunity for everyone to learn also to be in the metaverse, and the metaverse is not something that you might feel super heavy and complex to learn. But also, as you have said, we also need to open our research approach in order not only to capture who is in the workforce, but also who is outside the workforce because our idea is not only to have the same people coming to Accenture, we also want to have, be able to make Accenture an attractive place to work for everyone.
2: Wow, you're amazing. Accenture is lucky to have you.
0: (laughs) thank Thank you very much much. um i I think that just reflecting back on 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 the 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 things you said about representation super important um absolutely the the questions deborah raised about you know consultation outside so that you can bring more people in is is pertinent to us all um I just remember thinking back to a project I did a few years ago where we were doing a, an avatar for a chatbot for the Paralympics and we were working with the IPC and someone had created the avatar and they created the wheelchair and the feedback from, from the you know, the real wheelchair users from the International Paralympic Committee was, we hate that wheelchair, it's what we call a hospital chopper. <laughs> and, um, and, and and so that that sort of real engagement with people about how they wish to be represented is super important. So kudos to you for doing that. Uh, I need to um, thank you for participating and and also thank MyClearText for supporting us with captions to keep us accessible and and, and we really look forward to continuing the discussion about this on, on Twitter. Thank you Marisol.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me. And I am super happy to be able to talk with you about our journey. Also have some feedback about also an external point of view is super important also to have. So I am also being lucky to learn from you. And thank you very much for having me here and be able to learn from you too.